Third Shift presents The Imposter's Guide to Gaming, your quick fix for gaming news. Here are your hosts, Eric and Matt. Welcome, everybody, back to another beautiful, beautiful episode of IG2G. This is episode 31. Do you guys love people fighting one another? Do you love E3? Do you like, hmm, I don't know, fighting games that are very, very similar to Overwatch? Meh? Well, stay tuned, because we've got some stuff in store for you. Top 5 Releases Starting it off this week, I got a call back to the Super Nintendo slash Sega Genesis days. This is dropping on the 5th of June for only 20 bucks for the Switch, PC, PS4, and Xbox One. What the hell am I talking about? It's Shaq Fu, A Legend Reborn. Yes, Shaq Fu is back, but it's not back in the same form that you knew it as. It was a 2D fighter before. Now it's like a 2.5D kind of brawler. Think more Final Fight instead of Street Fighter. It's big, dopey, cartoony graphics. It's over-the-top, ridiculous humor. Uh, people are, have been complaining that it's like really classless humor. It's really like base, you know, lowest common denominator type, type of stuff. But it's a throwback to the ridiculous days when that stuff was the norm. So if you like that kind of humor, you might like Shaq Fu, Legend Reborn. I would say watch some videos of it, watch some gameplay, and then see if you want to pick it up for full price or on a sale. But if you just want to be part of ridiculousness and have Shaq Fu, because everyone knows the original Shaq Fu, and just be like, oh man, I got the sequel. Yeah, man, it's Shaq Fu time. Then pick it up. It's Shaq Fu, Legend Reborn. It's out on everything. You can get it. There you go. So the big announcements here, everybody. Overwatch is coming to the Nintendo Switch. I mean, no, what? it's what? not. Oh, sorry, guys and gals. Nope. It is Paladin's Founders Pack coming to the Nintendo Switch June 12, 2018. This game, as I've been teasingly saying, of course, for the last few minutes, is that it's very similar to Overwatch. It's a hero shooter. There's escort the payloads, objective, hold the objectives, and you go around with all cool mystical abilities, guns, all that good stuff, and all cool warriors, heroes with skins, and all sorts of neat stuff. Everything that Overwatch is, Paladins does as well. This game, of course, was published by Hi-Rez Studios and developed by Hi-Rez Studios back in the day when the hero shooters were all going to war with one another. It has survived because it is a free-to-play. And now you're saying, well, is this free-to-play? No, the Founders Pack is not free-to-play. It is actually money, but that's because it has all sorts of the skins, all sorts of the expansions, all the characters, all everything there at once, and you will all get all the future content as well. However, if you do want to wait out this summer, it will be coming free to the Switch. So hold your horses if you don't want to pay any money, but if you want to get in there now, It'll be available this coming Tuesday. Next up, I got another throwback to the 90s. Again, about punching people in the face. This one dropped actually the same time as our last episode, so technically I'm cheating by putting it on this episode, but who cares? It's my show. You can't tell me what to do. Shut up. This dropped on the 29th of May for 40 bucks for the Switch, PS4, PC, and Xbox One. What am I talking about? I'm talking about Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Collection. Now, this one's got all the Street Fighters up to four. So you're talking about Street Fighter, the original, Street Fighter 2, Street Fighter 2 Championship Edition, Street Fighter 2 Turbo Hyper Fighting, Super Street Fighter 2, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, Street Fighter Alpha 1, Street Fighter Alpha 2, Street Fighter Alpha 3, Street Fighter 3, 1, 2, and 3. And then this has also got like design docs and history notes all in it. So it's a full collection. If you are a Street Fighter history buff, if you love Street Fighter, if you were playing Street Fighter back in the 90s like I was, you're going to pick this up. No brainer. I'm totally going to get it. And the next time I get some fundage going, just have Street Fighter. I believe most of these have online play, but I've been hearing there's some, you know, kind of iffy issues with it. But just like a day ago, Capcom said, hey, there's also going to be updates coming 
especially addressing the online modes for this. If you've got it now and you're playing it and you're like, man, online sucks. I don't like not being able to filter by like ping connection quality, et cetera, et cetera. That may be coming down the line. Just keep keep an ear out. So it's good to hear that Capcom is actually, it's not just one of those ones where they go, here you go, that's it. They went, here you go. Oh, people don't like this and this? Well, all right, let's tinker, 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 make it work, make it cool. So if you like arcade perfect ports, if you like Street Fighter, if you like beating up people one-on-one, everybody loves Street Fighter, go get the collection. We're going to stick to fighting right here, and I'm going to bring out one called Vampire. Ooh, it's an action role-playing video game released June 5th, 2018 for the PlayStation 4 and PC. It's the same individuals who brought you Life is Strange, and of course that would be Don't Not Entertainment, published by Focus Home Interactive. This game takes a spin far away from Life is Strange, so don't come into this thinking it's anything like it. You are a doctor, Dr. Reed to be exact. You come on a boat, you come over to dark, evil London, you know, and and when you get off the boat, you get attacked by a vampire, turn to a vampire. You don't know what to do because life sucks being a vampire. And, of course, after that, you start to uncover the seedy underbelly of all this new nocturnal weird afterlife and figure out how to deal with yourself and everybody around you. It is a uh, over-the-top kind of uh, game run around. You do combat with your typical, oh, look, I've got a cool stick. Boom, you beat him to death. You fight each other, strafing and jumping around. And then once you get to a certain point, you can bite them, suck their blood, get more powers, and all sorts of cool power-ups, level-ups. There's uh, some different sections of bad guys. Looks pretty cool. It's been kind of iffy all around the board on whether you know to buy it, don't buy it. I'd recommend checking it out if you like vampires because there's not too many of those out there. And, of course, Life is Strange was pretty cool so and had a great story. I imagine this will have the same. So if you want to suck blood, kill people, heart people, whatever the heck you want to do, check it out. And then wrapping up my Fighting Games 3-pack, punching people in the face again on the 5th of June. This one's for 50 bucks. For the Switch, PC, and PS4, no Xbox love for you. I'm talking about Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle. Now, this is one big old fighting game conglomeration with characters from the Blaze Blue universe, the Persona 4 Arena universe, the Under Night In Birth universe, which I've never heard about in my entire life, and then the Ruby universe, the RWBY. I've heard of that as an anime, don't know anything about it, but say, hey, if you like those, all those universes, you're going to love this game because you're getting two-on-two tag battles. So you can swap your partner in and out, you can get assist attacks going, think of like the Marvel vs. Capcom style games, that's what it's going to be, but it's by Arc System Works, of course, because the Blaze Blue people, so it's going to be fast, it's going to be cool, it's going to look fantastic, which it does, so there you go. The only thing I've heard about this that's been, you know, people have been poo-pooing on it is that... They say there's 40 characters, but that's 20 characters in the base game and then 20 in Season 1 of DLC. Now, you know, that's not a big deal. That's fine with me. But then the issue people are saying is that those DLC characters are showing up in, like, the story mode as characters you can fight against. And they have all their abilities and everything. So they're technically there. You're just paying to unlock them, maybe, sort of, in a way. But hey, I mean, if you love fighting games, you're going to download the characters. You're going to, you know, subscribe to the season pass. You're going to love it. They said the season two is in the works, so there's going to be even more characters popping into this. And if you love fighting games, it's not going to matter. You're going to get it. You're going to go, oh man, I'm on Twitter. I'm really sad that there are only 20 characters to play as, but you're going to buy it and you're going to get them. You're going to play all the characters because you're a fighting game nut. That's what you do. That's what Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle is all about. Get in there, have some crazy fun, be over the top and action packed. Enjoy it. Have a great time. Number three. Oh, Matt, 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 have I got a surprise for you. 
This next game, <laughs> it's a doozy, okay? I'm talking about Sushi Striker, the way of Sushido for the Nintendo Switch. Released June 8th, 2018, developed by Nintendo EPD and published by Nintendo. What's this game about, you ask? Well, it's a wonderful, cool puzzle action adventure game in which you are this individual from the Republic, whom, of course, are the good guys, going up against the Empire, whom, of course, are the bad guys. What am I talking about? Well, let me give you a quick, 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 quick backstory. Sushi is a sacred, sacred food. And sushi spirits, of course, enhance it and make it wonderful, and everybody wants it. So the evil empire rises up and crushes all those who wish they could have the sushi and share in the wealth and power and make it so no one can eat sushi, talk about sushi, or have the sushi. Well, the Republic this says... This is a nightmare. This is a nightmare is world, a nightmare. Eric. Jesus. Well, the Republic comes up and they say, No, sir, we want our sushi and we will fight for that sushi. So they come in and you are the character that is the last hope for getting sushi back to the masses. And so the adventure begins. What do you do? Well, you go to these little sushi little restaurants, and then the bad guy comes in, and then he has his three belts worth of sushi going. You have three belts of sushi going across, and then there's one shared, a seventh one in the middle. And then you've got to click on the sushi, line them up, and then you've got to match all the different colored sushis as they're racing across. And as before they get off the end of the screen, you have to plate them and throw the plates down to you, which give you these cool, wonderful weapons to use in the form of plates of different kinds and sizes, depending on uh, the combos you get. So the ways to do it would be, of course, like I said, matching the colors of sushi. After that, you can match the kinds of sushi. And then if you get like a certain amount in a row and then bust down like real quick you can get combo points and then the bigger the dominators you get means the bigger plates you get and what you want to do with those plates is you then throw them up at your opponent the bad evil empire man or gal whoever it is and they take damage in the form of hp which you have up in the upper right hand corner of your screen and then you continue to do that and on the left hand side you have these wonderful things called sushi spirits and these are what gives sushi their power they these pretty gorgeous little animal creatures, little fuzzy, funny little characters, little doggies and cats and other whimsical characters whom give you boosts, you know, speed boost, HP boost, defensive boost, etc., etc. And then you go through and you can pick your different uh, sushi spirits to, of course, accommodate whatever fight you're in or whatever you're trying to do. And then you just go to these different stages in the form of a Super Mario World overmap in which you bloop, 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 you just march your way on up to the end of the evil empire to beat the final boss like you do in all these types of games and of course you'd be remiss without being a cool rpg like little puzzle game if you didn't have the c clears d clears b clears a clears and i'm assuming special clears i didn't see any of those i did see the a clears for sure though mm-hmm. so you're not going to want to go to the next level if you're you know, a real player until you've at least got a you know a clears on the previous and there's like three stages to every every little button map or world whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. and then you just march yourself on up meeting all sorts of crazy casting characters along the way and friends to help you and of course those sushi spirits a fantastic little gem everyone's praising it looks like a lot of fun it's something i'm even wanting to play it's something i'd want to rent i wouldn't buy it myself i'm just not that kind of you know puzzle guy but it does look awesome so if that appeals to you if you love sushi or if you just like you know puzzle action and rpg adventure games this might be something for you it does sound pretty awesome actually i'm picturing myself doing what i always do when there's combo based gameplay it's just getting like 
just lines and lines and lines of sushi attacks and just be like, oh, sushi defensive spirit, go, go, go. <laughs> oh, I have like 18,000 plates, go all at once. And you Explode. can exa- you can do exactly that. You can just hold them all up and then just unleash it all and just nice. explode the bad guy. It's freaking cool mm. looking. Awesome. I'm going to have to look into it. It sounds fun. I keep telling you, man, don't miss out on it. This is, this is why you get to switch. This is why, right here. (laughs) (laughs) Number two. So next up for me, I got a topic that's really interesting, but it isn't something that you or I or Danny will hopefully ever use. But I thought it was something that should be mentioned on the show regardless, because when I delved into the topic more, it got really, really interesting. And it was the Xbox Adaptive Controller. Now, if anybody's seen this, it basically looks like an oversized like NES controller. It's got like a little D-pad and then a couple like function buttons on the side and then two like giant pads. And what this is, it's a controller that they've put together and it's more of a hub than a controller, but just think of it as a controller for right now for disabled gamers to be able to give them accessibility to play some of these more demanding games. I mean, we've all seen like the Nintendo Power articles of the guy, you know, playing the NES controller with his toes. And, you know, when there's four buttons and a D-pad, you can do that. But in these games, now you got two analog sticks and 18,000 buttons, and you got to do button combos. And if you can't physically do that, then you don't get to play a lot of games anymore. So this is kind of Xbox's way of trying to create something that will help these people out. And it's interesting because it's not just, you know, the D-pad and the two buttons. That's all you see. But on the back, it's got 19... 3.5 millimeter jacks and if you look at it it's for like every single button on the xbox controller so what this lets you do is you can plug in additional peripherals that you know pop into that port and then you can use whatever that is that you have because there's apparently there's a whole like secondary market for controllers for disabled gamers to allow them to play stuff it's hard to explain without going into a ton of detail but there was one a guy was demo when he was using the Xbox controller with like a rock band foot pedal, like for the one of the triggers, because you could analogically do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And then he had he had like a little rocker set up for like the either side of his leg that would turn left or right. So he was able to play Rocket League just by using one foot and just moving his leg around. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So and for like quadriplegics, there's like the you know, they blow into the tube to make the chair go. There's all kinds of peripherals based around that. So you can get these peripherals and then plug them into this this home unit and it will convert it to what you need to do in the game. Or it'll, it'll be customizable enough that you can figure out a way to use those with this, this like, base unit. And it's also got, like, two big USB controllers. So if you have really good ability in one hand, but the other one, you know, you can't do anything with... You can pop in like a flight stick into that USB side and you can get a lot of functionality that way. It was it was really kind of interesting to go into not just, you know, what it can do because it's really cool, like, like I keep saying, like a base unit. You can plug tons of different things into and then on its own, they were saying like even those big paddle buttons are really easy to just if you just rock your wrist back and forth you can pop those buttons really easy so if it's like a button mashy kind of game you can do that even with really little functionality in your you know in your fingers or your actual limbs and then Ars Technica has a really good article about it where they're diving into 
like the the mindset behind it and why Phil Spector was really interested in it. And I think one thing that I pulled out of there that was really kind of compelling to think about is he said he was meeting with a disabled gamer when they were testing this out. And he was saying that, you know, he plays online with all his friends using all these other peripherals that he's got to like, you know, custom hack and have somebody build for him and all this stuff. But he was saying that, you know, when he's gaming online, that's like the truest representation of himself. Because when somebody meets him and sees him in his chair, they think of him as that. Versus when you're playing a game with somebody and he's just he's just a gamer online. You know, you don't think of him in a, a derogatory way or a negative way. You know what I mean? Yeah, you don't have no, that... P- you know, pity or any of that crap going on. Yeah, you don't have those preconceived notions of what you can and can't do. You're just a person. So I thought that was really cool that he told that story because it really puts into focus how important something like this is. I mean, like I said, you, me, and Danny will hopefully never need it. So you see it and you go, oh, that's kind of neat, I guess. But when you think of that this is the only way that certain people can play games and feel like like a normal person, I don't, I don't mean to say it that way, but you know what I mean, to feel equal with everyone else because that's like the one area you can do that. It was really kind of touching and you could see like the the excitement that people had for this, not just, you know, disabled gamers, but the people who work with it and build it to allow people to have that experience who normally wouldn't. It was really cool. Like I said, Ars Technica has a big, huge article about it, all kinds of details, all kinds of hands-on and videos with all kinds of different peripherals. Really cool thing. Props to Microsoft, props to these people for making this to help people out. Just a really good project. So, I needed to give them some props on the show, you know. Well, and hopefully with Microsoft leading the way on this, and there's many other companies that have been doing this kind of thing for a long time on a case-by-case basis, but hopefully with the, the mainstream picking it up like this, Nintendo and PlayStation will follow suit, and we'll start to see uh, peripherals for everybody on all the consoles. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they were saying, like, that secondary market gets so expensive, but if you can make stuff that'll plug into this, maybe it'll be easier. I don't know. It was just really interesting to look at their whole thought process because one last side story I'll I'll snip in here before we go is they were talking about how the Xbox controller, people were like, yeah, this is like that, that perfect controller for everybody. That's that one-size-fits-all controller. But it's not because if you don't have two really good hands that have really good function in them, it's not for you. So building something to be that next step in that bridge so people with certain disabilities or without certain functionalities can get into this kind of stuff. It's just like this is the one-size-fits-all controller because you can plug anything into this and it'll work the way you need it to. Really cool, really awesome job by those guys. Yeah, definitely indeed an awesome job. We hope they keep up the good work getting everybody into video games because the more, the merrier. And of course, I hope we all live someday to the point where we just stick a jack in the back of our necks and then we don't have to use controllers at all we just use our minds and as long as you have a functioning brain which means you're alive then you can play video games what a wonderful experience it'll be i'm not sticking no jack in my head nope (laughs) then i'll get i'll get this xbox adaptive controller and plug the jack into that and then plug the controller into my hands that's right just put it on a screen old school style that's right perfect i love it Number one. So now for our final topic, 
Why do we only have three topics? Well, everyone knows this is E3 week. We're just in between two conferences right now. We're trying to get some some content out for you guys without missing all the cool stuff. So we figured three topics, and one of the topics, our last discussion topic, what so far have you been excited about, Eric? What's piqued your interest? What are you going like, oh my God, I got to have it, or that looks really cool, want to hear more about it? What it is, Eric? Give me give me one or two or three or 45 things. Oh, I'll stick to two to keep this moderately brief because there's a few I'm watching, but two in general caught my eye over the last couple of days, and we'll go in chronological order. Yesterday at EA's whole press conference, they had Anthem up on the screen showing gameplay, some more cinematic stuff, talking about how it's going to operate, what you're going to be doing, what the baseline story is for this. It looks phenomenal. I can't wait to be the average Joe jumping into those cool mechs, going out into the field, shooting these scrawl alien creatures, trying to figure out why this world's busted and what's going on. It's gorgeous. It's made by Bioware, so you know the story's going to be rich and fun and just inventive in all sorts of cool ways. And lastly, and the best part of all, is that since you are just a human jumping into a mech, the different classes of mechs, so far they've revealed three, but I think they've said they've got a couple more in store that they're not revealing till later, are all accessible. So if I'm feeling tanky today, guess what? I can be your tank today. If I'm feeling magic-y, guess what? I can go be the storm trancer or whatever they call them. If I'm feeling like a ranger, da-da-da-da-da, so on and so forth, I'm not pinned down to pick one class and then have to stick to that or go create another character, level them all the way up. This idea is awesome and just mm. gives me all the happiness in the world because it affords me the opportunity to play with different friends who have different strengths and weaknesses. And then, of course, I can substitute and be whatever is needed because of the friend's you know, weaknesses or strengths, da-da-da-da-da. I'm looking forward to this. I can't wait to get my hands on it. And every time they talk about it, I will be listening intently. And I'll save my second one for after you do one, man. What about you? Okay, well... One I am excited about. I haven't seen a, a ton of stuff yet. I've I've gotten the Microsoft press conference in and then a couple little bits here and there, little trailers mostly. One thing I'm excited about, I don't know if I'll get it, but I'm glad to see it happening, is the Tales of Vesperia Definitive Edition, just because that was my very favorite RPG on the Xbox 360. It's one of the only Tales games that I've I've actually played and completed. I've played a ton of them, but I haven't beaten a lot of them. And that game was so good that I went through and played it through about, I think it was about halfway, getting all the extra titles and all the extra outfits and everything that people could you know, wear in that game. So I'm excited to see it coming back again with new playable characters, new skins, new events, all kinds of new stuff. I mean, it's not like a brand new game or anything, but it's remastered. It's got stuff that was only released in Japan, now in this game. I'm excited to see that again, see all my old friends from that game, you know what I'm saying. Again, I've, I put so many hours into the original, maybe I won't pick this up, but I'm glad to see it. Like, I want to get it and just, you know, support the company in this endeavor that they've done. I don't know if I'll be able to put, you know, almost 200 hours into it again, but I'm very excited for it. I'm very happy to see it when I watch the gameplay and cutscenes and stuff during their announcement. I was just like, yes, I'm home again. Yes, all my buddies. Look, it's Rita. Look, it's that guy. What's that new character? Oh, flying in the clouds. It's a little, like, pirate girl. Oh, my gosh, that's cool. So, yeah, I'm excited for that. I agree. I love the Tales series. This is no different. Once again, though, it's all about time and what kind of titles are out when this one hits. So we'll mm. see. Now, my last one 
and of course, like I said, there's many, but this is the big one. It's Division 2. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting since I think it was March when they announced Division 2 was going to be at E3 and that they weren't saying a peeping word until then. And I wasn't even expecting it today, to be honest with you. I thought we were going to get it at the Ubisoft press conference. But mm-hmm. sure enough, in the Microsoft reveal today, there it was. Holy cow, we're going to Washington, D.C., and we're going to go in there and take control of our country's freaking home base and just reestablish control and peace. It's going to be fantastic. The gameplay looked very similar to the first one. The menu systems looked way smoother and a lot cleaner to me. Uh, the the gunfighting looked cool, fun, and interesting. It had all the same, though, team-coordinated, get-behind-cover, flank, go-around characters. All that looked great. The graphics, of course, with the Snowdrop engine, freaking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I am totally pumped. I'm 100% on board for this game, and I will be watching it extremely closely. And, of course, this coming Tuesday and Wednesday, I believe it is, they're going to be having like all day long just talking in-depth about this game. Characters, da-da-da-da-da, on and on. I'll be there listening to every single bit of it. So definitely stay tuned for our next IG2G where I'll talk all about that one. Yeah, I will say it made me laugh when it was like, hey, Washington, D.C. And I was like, oh, the most obvious one. So obvious that we didn't think <laughs> no. about it at all. Like Tokyo, Los Angeles, maybe it's in Dallas, maybe it's in Alaska. Nope, it's Washington, D.C. The other thing I'm excited about is obviously the first one was super winter. And then this one's like, hey, it's the dead of summer. Obviously, you saw like tropical plants for some reason, somehow, somewhere in Washington. Well, you, they were in a park. They were So it looked like they were in one of those little biome parks or whatever. True, true. But I, I was excited for... Like, hey, look, it's not cold. Maybe there will be, like, super hot zones or something, something to differentiate it even more. Mm. But, yeah, I thought it looked great. So for my last one, there's not a lot that's been revealed about any of these games. So I got a three-pack. Oh, I'm breaking the rules. Oh, snap, snap, snap. Look at you go. Pew, pew. <laughs> First up is Wargroove. They've been posting more about that. I think Chucklefish Games is handling that or publishing that or something. They've been posting up a lot of, like, little GIFs and screenshots. I loved Advance Wars, and this looks like pretty much that. So I'm excited for Wargroove. Next up was, what was it, Aftermath or whatever it was. It was just like a five-second gameplay, not even gameplay, like cinematic little teaser trailer thing in amongst a ton of other games. But it looked like... You know, that dark neon cyberpunk style, like kind of like The Last Night, but totally different because I think they were like 3D models and stuff. But it just had that that Blade Runner look to it, and it just made me go, ooh, what the hell is that? I have no idea, and I don't know anything about it, but I'm excited to see more about that. And then the last one, it was my number one game that I wanted to see. It's Cyberpunk 2077. We got a cinematic trailer for it. So I'm excited for that world because it looks kind of like the Detroit Become Human world if it went like 10 to 20 more years and stuff got dirty and funky and cyberpunky. So I'm excited to see that. I want to see more about who you are, what you're doing, how you actually travel in gameplay through the city because you got that badass car in the trailer you got flying cars and hover cars and rail cars and all this other cool stuff i want to see i'm excited for the world i want to see how you interact with that world now i want to see some gameplay but it's got me hyped it's got me excited i was glad to see anything about it so this was good i just want to see more now i will tag on to that one of the uh, cyberpunk 2077 in that as the old age sets in you know the cinematic trailers they're awesome they're cool they're fun but I need gameplay. I need yeah. to see the gameplay. Otherwise, 
just nothing clicks in me. So mm-hmm. once again, it is wonderful. It looks wonderful. I have 100% faith it will be wonderful. But since we only got the cinematic, I was like, oh, dang it. So for me, I felt like I jumped up on the ship and I was about to ride it. And then mm-hmm. I and then it didn't go anywhere. And I had to jump back off and I went, oh, man, I got to wait longer. So I'm hoping we see a little bit more at E3, you know, in the couple days where they just show in gameplay and talking about things. Mm-hmm. And if we don't, oh, well. I'm patient. We're going to see some cool stuff down the road, I'm sure. Yeah, I will say that was one minor... I have this minor complaint every single E3. It's that they're like, hey, look, here's a reveal. But it's a pure cinematic trailer. And I'm like, well, it could be cool. What does it play like? What does it look like? What even is it? And it's just like, hey, it's a world. And then a swoopy camera that's not gameplay camera. And woo do 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 So, yeah, I was a little disappointed that there wasn't any gameplay. But just seeing it alive seeing the world that they were putting together was what got me excited so yeah there we go that's it for me hey that's it for me as well and that wraps up another wonderful episode of ig tucci man imposters wrap up so of course this podcast is brought to you under the third shift network i haven't said that for like 10 episodes oh boy so you can get a hold of us via email if you got any questions comments concerns feedback if you just want to say hi email us at info at thirdshift.me you can tweet at us at thirdshiftme and you can find us on facebook under third shift indeed you can and we also have a wonderful patreon set up if you like what you hear head on over there Consider throwing us a buck, five bucks, a thousand bucks. We treat it like a tip jar. Anything and everything helps us greatly. For those of you who have already thrown us a buck or anything else in the last two years, we appreciate it enormously. And we hope that your continued support keeps with us and we'll keep producing awesome stuff. If you can't throw anything our way, well, that's all right, too. You know why? Because money's the real deal and you got to feed those kids and pay them bills. And I understand. You could support us by giving us likes, five-star ratings, mailbag questions, comments on all the Twitters and Facebooks and all the other wonderful things. Just interact with us in any old way that does brighten up our day and make us feel like a million bucks. Absolutely it does. And of course, this podcast drops every two weeks on Tuesday, so we'll be back in your ear holes on the 26th of June for our very next episode, our very next full-sized episode, which will be all about all the E3 unpacking, all the cool things, all our favorite things. Oh my God, we'll be like, yeah, E3! And you guys will be like, that was two weeks ago, and we'll be like, shut up, it's your Tuji time, suckers! We do what we want around here. Mm. <laughs> That's right, we make the rules. Mm. So, of course, you can find those episodes on iTunes, on Stitcher, and on Podbean. And as Eric always says, if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out. We really do appreciate it. We love you guys. We're sorry it's a shorter episode, but, you know, we got another press conference in, like, 24 minutes we got to go see. Oh, my God, it's crazy. Oh, my God, I'll just say five-star ratings are super important, so head on over there and give us five stars. And with that, there's nothing else to say, but don't don't forget forget to save. save.